blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who calls the minds of the faithful to unite in a single purpose, grant your people to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that in the uncertainties of this world our hearts may be fixed on that place where a true gladness is found. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever Amen. Amen. the Holy Spirit, Amen. So I just made a short uh, list of what we are uh, having in this liturgy for the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time. The first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 22, verses 19 and 23. And then we have the gospel, the continuation of the gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, 13 to 20. And the second reading is the continuation of the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, now chapter 11, 33 to 36. We'll listen to the first reading now, Marika. A reading from the book. The prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord of Chebu, Master of the palace, I will trust you from your office and pull you down from your station. On that day, I will summon my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and judge him with your sash and give over to him your authority. He shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. I will place the key of the house of David on Eliakim's shoulders. When he opens, no one shall shut. When he shuts, no one shall open. I will fix him like a peg in a sure spot to be a place of honor for his family. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't know if you still remember last week, it was also Isaiah, right? But we said it's towards the last part of Isaiah. So it's the third Isaiah, okay? Chapter, I think, 56 going to the end, no? They were already uh, after the Babylonian exile, nearing. Here we're back to Isaiah, but this is chapter 22, okay? So we call it the first Isaiah, when there was, you know, the question about the loyalty and the fidelity of the people of Israel. And here, uh, who is this Shebna? It's called the master of the palace, but actually he was just a steward. He was among the stewards of the king. The king is uh, uh, the king at that time was Hezekiah. No, he was the king. The good king, but then, but then, you know, sometimes you become uh, corrupt 
Well, we become Kurava, actually. Sometimes when we attach ourselves to, well, you will say, well, I am the steward of the king. And instead of having the king as really the point of reference, we become the point of reference. So even if I'm just a servant, no, we see ourselves as more. And so this Shebna uh, seemingly you know, abused his power. If you read, yes, in, in uh, chap the first verses of chapter 22, he was really trying to imagine his own glory. Like he will have, he wants to have his own tomb. No? Already thinking how the people will honor him. You know, already putting yeah. a monument for himself. I mean, if you look about they usually were you know, inside a uh, Yes. However, I mean, according to Isaiah, I mean, the whole context was God pointed out his, his, his error. But he was, he, his tone is high about. I mean, interesting. I mean, most people have the tone in the down below, but the high about. The look at So, so. Perhaps, no, perhaps, you know, people of high status can go high. Mm. Yes. Okay. But probably he has gone too high. Yeah. Even about the king. You know, there, there's something not appropriate to this position. Yes, yes. I'll point it out. I mean, spelled out clearly, okay? This is the first fault that I find probably. There is a second fault. Mm -hmm. there, there, there is another one. Another one is, I mean, uh, so it's it, it not mentioned here, but I mean, if you read the whole thing, you know that. The second thing is, okay, he, he glories in chariots. What's wrong with chariots? It's really displacing, you know, displacing your authority. You know, you're given authority, you use it for the good, but then in the end, you see, he used himself. A sepulcher on high. <laughs> so you already glorify yourself even before you die. <laughs> that's why. That's why this uh, becomes tragic comedy, you know. So here it says, "I will thrust you from your office and pull you down from your station because you put yourself too high. You're even more than the king now. <laughs> You're just a steward. <laughs> you are more than the king." So the Lord. <clears throat> I think I think the, the, because chariot chariot makes a lot of money. Ah, okay. King Solomon was extremely rich because of horses <laughs> and chariots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. possessions. And no, I mean <laughs> King Solomon did so many things to sell, and therefore his income, annual income, is six hundred talent. Wow. Gold talent. Gold talent. Silver. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Every year. So, so you can imagine, I mean, if he glory in his chariot, which means it's, you know, making people in the position to be the master of the palace to fatten himself. And so uh, here the Lord is saying, well, it's time to learn your lesson. I will thrust it down from your station, and I will put my servant Eliakim. Actually, Eliakim is also just one of the stewards. So both of them are simple stewards. No? But then 
one can misplace his authority, another one can rightly just stay where he should be. But, well, actually, if we read the whole thing in the end, yeah. uh, I think it's uh, verse 25, God also foretold the downfall of Eliakim. Yeah, so all of them will <laughs> find their own place. Yeah. But uh, at least in this part, you know, up to 24, so the Lord lifts up Eliakim instead of Shebna. Yes. And I guess this is also chosen no, to um, give a lesson about authority. Yes. No, because that will be the, the, the theme for the gospel reading. Usually the first reading connects no, from the Old Testament, usually from the Old Testament we connect the theme from uh, with the gospel reading. Mm -hmm. So here it's uh, I guess when he says here, I will place the key, no, the key of the house of David and yeah. the shoulder. You know the meaning of the key, no? The one who holds the key is powerful, right? <laughs> Actually, when you say, "Oh, I forgot the key," <laughs> so you already know what's going to happen there. The key is really the key to, to open and to shut. But there's also another meaning of the key. When you say, what is the key to understand, yeah. you know, sanctity or whatever. So key is also insight into something. <clears throat> like what is the meaning of my faith in God? What is the key? So the key is like... A, a symbol that opens to understanding. It's not just the power. Like we will hear in the gospel no? when, is, when uh, Jesus said, uh, blessed are you, Simon, because you receive that not from yourself, but you receive that from my father. So he got the key not from his own power. No? So I guess that, that's why we're saying this is uh, an opening reading for understanding the gospel. I mean, the way I read this one is a little bit different um, in the sense that I'm, I'm sitting along the, uh, the line of politics. Mm -hmm. Usually, usually, people in power, um, they, they must find some kind of uh, legitimation. Okay, why, why can I have uh, this power? Oh, because of the son of a king. Right. Connected, something yes, like that. Connection. And then, but uh, in, in, in the Bible time, okay, I have power because God gave me the power. Okay, so there is there is something here going on. But people um, earlier, you know, earlier last even last week, or if we talk about Gideon and all the people, they do not. Um, um, I mean, no, I, I'm talking about Samuel. Samuel was the last judge. At that time, up to that time, the Israelites have God as the king. Yes. Although they are not no monarchy directly, they can see the sign and then his representative. But later on, they want a king. They want a visible king. Okay? Because look at the other, other five countries. They have a king, you know, very powerful to lead them. So gradually, okay, now you have pain. But 
they have to, what should I say, counterbalance the abuse of power of the king. A king may become a tyrant. Okay. And therefore, okay, so the Bible um, usually will say, okay, authorities come directly from God. So if you're doing good, okay, fine, very good. You're, you're serving the people well. But if you are no good, God will dispose it. So but I mean, this is an example. Yeah. So not simply king, but in this case, even the office bearers, even you know people, you know people in power, do not think that you have authority because of your own ability, your talent, or whatever. Okay, it is God. God will hold you accountable for the privileges of power that you. Like we're stewards. No? Actually, power, this is your question of power and authority. All of us have power. You have power given to you, no capacities, but you might not have the authority because it's not legitimate. Somebody has to legitimize your power. So that's what you're saying there. That's why it's politics. Because there's really somewhere somebody higher than you. Okay, and that is the, that higher than you, God, is the one who will legitimize. So he has here the authority to remove and to put. <laughs> so he is removing Shebna and he is putting Eliakim. <laughs> because this is really a critical time for the people of Israel. Yeah. Right? And that's why we are here in a crisis, in a crisis mode. Okay, but this is at the opening now to our gospel. Yes. Can we hear Armina, please? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus went to the region of Caesarea yeah. by Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, other Elijah, still others Jeremiah. For one of the prophets, he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, of son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against me. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ, the gospel of the word. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we can, continuation of chapter 16. <laughs> Last exactly. week, chapter 16, last week, yes. Mm -hmm. Jesus is quoting out of context, right? I mean, he, he actually is repeating his own word. He told Isaiah to tell that, okay, I will remove people power, etc., etc. So now he speaks for himself. Okay. I love this story because Peter. Oh, there is one thing I would like to remind you about the translation of Peter. Peter was a it's a, um, it's a Greek word, mm -hmm. okay, which can mean uh, 
bad rock, okay, mm-hmm. and strong. Yeah. Wood could also mean Stop. a small temple. Right? Yes. And then many Protestant you know, uh, scholars, they will point this out and tell the, the Catholic Church, okay, why do you make you know, Peter the, the, the first pope? It's only a temple. <laughs> <laughs> when you translate a rock into people, the image is solid. No, it can be a little pebble. To some extent, I buy this idea that Peter was not very strong indeed, right? Yes, we know what happened. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. But what made the church stand should be more than Peter. So it is not necessary. For Peter to be out of the rock, doesn't matter. Peter can be a small pebble, like what the Protestants you know, claim, all right? Never mind, don't worry. What makes the church stand is not the rock. It is Jesus. Actually, Deacon, you have a point there, because the continuation of this gospel, but we'll still hear it next week. No? When... When Jesus will continue to say, you say Messiah, but you understand what is Messiah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what they understand of Messiah is really a king who will remove the power of the Romans. But then Peter said, be, far be it from you, Lord. <laughs> so, so Jesus had said, so you are a stumbling block to yeah, me. Yeah, so yeah. a scandal is a stumbling stone. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a point there. But maybe, Deacon, in the first part of the gospel, no? when they they call it the test for the disciples. Uh, well, to the first extent. test. No, yeah. no, yes. mm-hmm. and to a certain extent, first of all, Jesus made use of a simple, not, not, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, okay? a simple opinion poll. <laughs> what Survey. do people say I am? All right, but this this is not important because this is just a kind of introduction. The key question Jesus wanted is, what do you say? You, not other people. Whatever other people say, not important. Whatever Father Law says, not important. Whatever you think is important. So Jesus is is forcing them to, to certain extent, forcing them to take a stand. You either you continue to follow me or bye-bye. Okay? Mm-hmm. Something very heavy is coming upon. If, if you are not willing, you're free to go. So okay. Now, with this question, actually Jesus is trying to find out who is going to be the leader of the future church. Um she should have known, but uh, to to some extent, I don't know, okay, he probably has to ensure that. So you have to come to this question now and see which disciple is, is willing to speak up. And therefore, okay, some of you know, okay, so Jesus know that God the Father has chosen this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can choose, I would choose. You know, you know, no, I mean, if you were Jesus, what could you do? No, this is not from the gospel of John. This is not <laughs> so it's written by Matthew. Ah, this is very crucial. Only Matthew put it down. Mark, the disciple of Peter, okay, did not write it. Why? Peter did not say that. So he has no way to, to write it down. 
But uh, Matthew, I mean, he, well, I'm just liking what is happening. Yeah, yeah. So I just down. Matthew is the only one with the word church. Yes, the yeah, this is, this is only Matthew has the word church. Yeah. And twice, huh? here and then chapter 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So that's why even the church put him as the uh, first uh, gospel. Okay. Yeah. Right? Because the, actually, the first, uh, chronologically, the first gospel is Mark. Yeah. Now, that's already settled by the scholars. The but scholars, then yeah. the church chose to put Matthew as the first gospel. That's very interesting. Maybe because of this. Yeah, I mean, in, in Matthew's gospel, there are a lot of things about the life in the church. Mm -hmm. So you have to, oh, this, this is our guideline. We should. Oh. Community, no? yeah, Community and, and, and so, no, 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 never mind. Okay, so should that okay, please? So that you time, okay. So flesh and blood has not revealed these things. Okay, yeah, my father told that you are to be the rock, huh? <laughs> to be oh my god, if I have a choice, I would choose. All right, since God has, I mean, God the Father has chosen you, so be good, huh? Peter, huh? Be good, I have big expectation on you, huh? But <laughs> what happened was, when Jesus later on foretold, I mean, foretold his future passion. prediction and passion, Peter came out to. <laughs> but because it's, uh, we are in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew, no? Matthew yep, yep. 16, right? because there are 28, 28 chapters. chapters. So after you have followed somebody, so Jesus is saying, I wonder what these people are really, they know my identity, who they are following. It's also like for us now, like when you are, when you wonder, why are you, why are you following Jesus? What do you see in him? What do you think is? So the identity, this is the clarification of the identity. But then even with this clarification, you see at the end of the gospel, so then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So even if there was the identification, still Jesus knew that maybe the understanding of the Christ is still very shallow. Right? Yeah. It's, they, it's not that they understand, it's yeah. their misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is the, the insight. Now, the beginning, the beginning of the understanding, but it's just the beginning. Why is it happening publicly? People know that he is Christ. Because last week, it say he has to withdraw. Yeah, the Canaanite woman, yeah. So maybe is that the reason, or there's another reason that you think it's not time? It's not the right time. It's all because. Their understanding or, or their expectation is that, okay, now we have a military king, a son of David, okay, and he's going to restore the kingdom of David. It's a political interpretation. They expect, you know, they have this kind of uh, messianic anticipation. They expect, you know, this kind of messiah, but this is too long. God's plan is much, much quicker. You know, then just for the simple kingdom of David, the simple Israel, no, more than that. We are fighting a spiritual warfare. And the Putin win is the soul of all people. So we have to include not just the Israel, 
Israelite, right? They threw every ball in the, the Gentile, right? Actually, it's there in the gospel. If you look there, no? blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood is not revealed to you, but understanding. Yeah, you are able to identify me, the Christ, but actually it's not coming from you. And in fact, we will still see in the continuation of the gospel how how superficial is this understanding. And you cannot help it, no? Humans, human beings. <laughs> I mean, we are in the process. Uh, they, they know that uh, sometimes you see that marker. Be patient with me. God is not yet finished with me yet. <laughs> God is not finished with me yet. Be patient with me. Maybe it's also for us, no, our understanding is, is uh, just a light, a flicker of light, but then it grows. Because uh, it's one thing for sure. It will develop, it will grow. Because of God's patience is like a one. A farmer, a planter, someone. So, it's the patient that people work up ourselves. And when that happens, we do not know. <laughs> we keep on. And maybe that this is a good opening for the second reading. No? The second reading is the continuation. Actually, it's already the last part of uh, chapter 11 of Romans. When you remember in the last two or three weeks from Chapter 9, no? about the question of why the Gentiles came in, what happened to the Israelites? No? And then Paul was even saying, I would even you know, be yeah, ready yeah, yeah, yeah. to leave my, but, so that my uh, brothers, the Israelites, would be saved. But then that did not happen. So let, let's listen to the reading so that we will see the ending of this uh, dramatic reading of Paul. Right? Uh, Joe? Yes. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How inscrutable are his judgments and how unsearchable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has seen his counselor or who has given the Lord anything that he may be repaid? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Amen. Be to God. Do you remember the topic for this uh, chapter 11 when uh, Paul was saying, uh, you Gentiles should not be proud you know, that you are inserted into the vine, meaning to say uh, you came in as uh, believers and the Israelites are non-believers because they did not accept okay. no? because all in all he said that is the mystery of salvation and I remember at the end of that reading he also said if the refusal of the, of the Israelites yeah. meant the insertion of the Gentiles as pagans what would their uh, conversion mean that would be the resurrection from the dead. You remember yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So yes, but that is in fact a very mysterious position. It can. It's very difficult to explain. You no, know, why God would allow that? 
that respond favored people, the people of God, refuse to believe in Christ. Is it just because so that the Gentiles were coming? So the the ending of this uh, chapter 11 is really a challenge to our faith. You cannot explain how the Lord works. No? And you see how inscrutable are his judgments, how unsearchable his ways. No? Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? He is free. We cannot say uh, it happened like this, so God will work away. No, we cannot say that. There is no, like, it's not a one plus one thing when it comes to that. <laughs> No. no, and I, I didn't know in, in our lives, I guess we have experiences like that, the surprises that comes, because usually our, I guess it follows from the, what we said earlier, usually our thinking is uh, we are historically bound, okay, historically bound as human beings, we're still going. That is not finished with us. <laughs> but then he, there is always a way for him to surprise us. This story of the Gentiles and the Israelites in the history of Israel, according to Paul, is like that. It's, it's really a challenge to think. I don't know. Well, uh, for, for me, the way I, I read Paul uh, is very, it's not an, e an easy job, or because. We have all been Gentile. Right? We are gen we were Gentiles. I mean, we have always been, I mean our, our ancestors, so I mean for us we have and then we receive the we receive Christ. So we have taken things for granted. Okay, we do not um, have the mindset of the chosen people, okay, the Israelites, you know. Uh, sometimes it's difficult for us to imagine to, uh, to follow their logic, their way of thinking, uh, is totally different from us. And for us, okay, we, well, should be Catholic, should be everybody, right? But for them, probably they, their, their reasoning, their understanding of, of the meaning of chosen people would be totally different. And then it affects the way of judgment, it affects the way they argue, the logical. And, and so. Do you have friends who are Jews? Yes. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so so it's very difficult for us to understand. But when so some of my yeah. friends they've been doing business with their their perception is wow, those are misers. You know, they, they can't <laughs> have the sense, you know, they they they, they take every advantage of no But we have we have to remember that Jesus was a Jew. Yes, we always have to remember. And then we, are all, we also remember that the Jews kick Jesus out. <laughs> no. So there, there's a, a conflict there, no? But, yeah. but uh, I always say um, God must have really wanted us to be inserted in these people so that we will also understand how different they are. Uh, in fact, our tradition is called Judeo Christian tradition. We cannot remove ourselves. No, we cannot. We cannot. We cannot. But I mean, the, the way the way I, I I understand it, how I come to the understanding is okay. The Jews and us are the same. However, 
they were chosen, and so they represent us. So whatever they do, whatever happened to them, it also it affect us. Affect us. You know, yes. we, 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 you know, they, are, they were very, I mean, God said, you're Steve, God's a Steve native people. Well, sometimes you're Steve native. So to a certain extent, okay, whatever they do, they are doing things that we do, but uh, you know, they, they, they are at the forefront. And they wear all the brunt products. And and the politically even, so we are reading Saint Paul in the seventies, eighties, nineties. But even now, now we're still struggling to have the peace in the Holy Land. Remember, and that's why some people are saying, when we shall have peace in the Holy Land, maybe that's the end of the world <laughs> because yeah. because it's not coming, yeah. no. How difficult it is to have that peace in Holy Land. It seems it's uh, and it's the center. It's the center of the mono, no, the monotheist uh, faith. You have Jews, you have Christians, you have Muslims. They're all there in Jerusalem, but how much fighting? Because they all believe in one God, but not the, the, the same understanding. The same understanding. All right, the Jews understand God, okay. Yeah. I mean, God, our Lord, is one. Okay, yes, I agree with that. But we say that our God is three in one. Uh, heritage. This is the Trinity. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We brought that. He's not the Son of God, no. So, can, can you imagine this in real life now, no? when a person Let's say a man marries uh, a Catholic guy, marries a uh, non-Catholic or a Jewish woman. No? And I, I noticed this is happening. We have some in the parish like this. We have like uh, uh, fixed marriages. No? And sometimes I am really wondering when they come here, because I know one of the readers is also a Jewish wife. I said, when they hear our preachers, uh, explaining the faith, no, uh, with this kind of reasoning, how do they feel? Sometimes I really wonder. No. So we we are challenged still no, yes. to work yes. on this. So we retain Saint Paul's episodes in, in the New Testament to remind ourselves: Hey, don't take things for granted. Yes, our way of understanding probably is too uh, simplistic. No, but God is, I mean, who, who can understand it, the mystery of God? I mean, no one. But why? Because we, we think in a very linear, simplistic way, black and white, okay, blue or gold, yellow or blue, whatever. Or we don't also deepen our faith. I mean, are all here, were we all baptized as babies? No, not you. Not babies. You were baptized as a baby. He could not. No, no. So you see, even the level of uh, baptism entry into the faith. No? We were in the Philippines, like our faith is more like a culture. You know, our parents brought us to the church to be baptized. But what do we know about that? So if we don't even follow up in our catechism, we don't. We were not educated in a parochial school, or you won't really know anything. 
you know, and yet you are baptized. Whereas here in, in Hong Kong, you were really baptized before, after a very long preparation. So you see that, that difference, a very big difference. And, and But it doesn't mean that we are both pious. <laughs> Nobody says that. <laughs> <laughs> because in the end, no? in the end, we said only God knows what He is doing. Yeah. <laughs> for from Him, through Him, for Him are all things. No? He will be the one to decide. Okay. Anyway, now we open ourselves to some insights. Those from the from well from the room and also from the Zoom room. Any questions? Any reflection you'd like to add? Yes, my friend. the gospel saying that whatever you bind on yeah, the binding and loosing shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So, for example, sister, uh, maybe another person, there's a person that he is a sinner, but he tried to to repent and confess. So, shall it still bound to heaven that the sin we have done? Because according to the cleric. <laughs> no. <laughs> the binding and the loosing, is, is it connected to the sacraments? or Because you have this also in John. The end yeah. of the Gospel of John, you have that. No? In, it's a repetition there in Matthew. Yeah, it's actually a very heavy burden to carry that key. Just connect it to the context. Yeah. The context is the authority, the key. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the authority is actually a heavy burden. All right, it seems that, okay, you go to the priest, you go to the clergy, the bishop, okay, they ask for absolution or nothing. It seems that he is his whole power, very powerful, but, but in, in fact, it is, it is not that easy. It carries a lot of weight there. Now, God, uh, Jesus gives this, uh, delegate this authority to forgive sins to the church. It is true that only God can forgive sins. But the Jews are always right. So when Jesus said, okay, your sins, son, your sins are forgiven, he talked to the Israelites and then they grumbled for war. Why do you forgive sins? You must be you must be, you know, it must be fascinating because you ask. The same applies here. The same applies here is when Jesus gave the church the authority to forgive sins, he's delegating the power of to serve the people, to liberate the people. But there are people, other people who's not happy. And they will, they will, uh, well, I mean, uh, why, what on earth do you only have to be? How can you have this? Let me tell you, I mean, I have friends. Um, even some some of them um, uh, Protestants and you know, uh, yeah, uh, Anglicans and things like that. And he told me, "What is a bishop? He's only a man." Oh my God! Yes, he is only a man. No, he's a man. He's not more than a man. He's you know the successor of the apostles. Yeah. But you know, he, uh, the lady would say, "What is so important to you? Bishop, you're only a man." <laughs> But, but the, sister, the, the time when he said to his disciples, go, and apostles, I mean, go and whoever, uh, uh, whoever confess their sins, he forgive them. Mm -hmm. So, 
and who will be, if they are forgiven, you will also be forgiven in heaven. But even even there, you you see the uh, the delegation of authority, like what Deacon is saying, is not that they are the source of their power. It's not theirs. It is given to them. Okay. So you were saying earlier, you know, the power and the authority. We can all have power, but we cannot have the authority because we are not legitimized. So in this case, you see, Jesus is saying here, now I give you the keys, you know, to the kingdom of heaven, whatever you want. But it's I who give it. I was the one who gave it the authority. And, and so, and that is part of our faith. You know? In the sacraments, that's part of our faith. Sometimes you say, why should I confess to that priest? I can see, I can see how obnoxious he is. But I, why should I? But then it's our faith. We said, it's not just the priest. There he was given the authority. You know? So you have always to go beyond. You know? So the, the, the priest act in person of Jesus. Okay, it is Jesus who is God, who is the Son of God, who has the authority to forgive him. And then, okay, so you cannot see Jesus. <laughs> right? <laughs> so how are you told to that you have been forgiven? No, that, that it is a pity that the, the Protestants, you know, they, they eat up these sacraments of, of the reconciliation. Okay, I pray to God and then go with okay. But are you so sure that God <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, I I confess my sins to this great sinner. Oh come on! Yes, he is definitely a great sinner. But when whenever he is exercising that, okay, he is doing it. It is it is Christ yeah. do this in person. I mean, he's Jesus. He is to a certain extent he is the instrument of God. See, God made use of this channel to give you the grace of forgiveness of sin. That's the meaning really of stewardship. We don't own it. It's given to us, it's a gift. And like we said in the first reading, it's given to you. God can also get it from you. Yes. <laughs> also, so trust you away from that position. So why God takes this away is to teach you a lesson. He's not going to, to, to kill you. He's not going to destroy you. He's not going to send you to hell. But at least you should learn this lesson. Mm -hmm. You have make wrong use of, of the authority I gave you. Okay, I thought I would take it away. Now you understand? Have you learned? Okay, if you're good enough, I'll give you back. <laughs> That's what happened to Peter after the resurrection. That's why the third, the three confession again. Do you love me? No? He lost it. Yeah. He lost it, but then he got, he got yeah, it yeah. back. But he say that is how good God is. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? Joe, you'd like to say something? Yeah, yeah sister, um, if I may. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I guess we have a tendency of humanizing God. But in the second reading, it, mm -hmm. it says there, right? The mm -hmm. depths of the riches and the knowledge and the wisdom of God and how inscrutable are his judgments and how unsearchable his ways, right? right? So I guess, like, why we're questioning, oh, Jesus has given authority to the disciples. Again, look at the second reading. How inscrutable are his judgments? How unsearchable are his ways? 
So it's just so, you know, the thing is with us, we always humanize God. How can he do it? That's true. Right? We, we compare God with us, no? To us. Yes. And yeah. put limits on him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, yes. And that is good. Uh, thank you for pointing that out. Really, uh, even in our dealing with people, no? sometimes we have to remember that there's always, we can, we can uh, judge up to a certain point only, up to a certain level, because we cannot know everything. No, we don't know. Yeah? There's always that part of the mystery, even in a person. So when I listen to people also, I try to, to be very careful. I said, I can never really know the whole truth about this person. There's always that mystery coming up. So also, maybe it's an, an insight that we want to still you know, try to imitate also our Lord. Always give that space of mystery. Yeah? to the goodness of God. Then uh, sometimes you say, but this person is hopeless. <laughs> cannot say that to anybody. No? This person can, because if God allows him or her to live, no, then God must still be working on this person. Yeah. The work of his hands. Okay, so thank you for this. And uh, anybody else would like to say something? Amina? If Jesus is the key for me, mm-hmm. because no matter what happens in my heart and in my soul, Jesus is the key for me to see the God and the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. No matter what happened to me, I accept it with all heart and with all my and the love of God. So for me, the understanding of the key to the kingdom of heaven is Jesus. Because I just pray to Jesus and then tell them to forgive me because he can pass his my message to his father, right? Lord God. So for me, the understanding of the key of the heaven is Jesus. <laughs> so that is a good insight. So if you will be asked, who is Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is? He is my key. Key. <laughs> That's very good. So he is the key to the meaning of my life. He is the key to the, let's say, the solution of my problems. When I was young, I could listen to the church about Jesus and God. So the starting of the our Catholic, our religion, is because of our Jesus. No matter what the religion is, it starts from the God. And for our is Jesus, and for the other, for indifferent things. So for me, the key of my kingdom is Jesus. In my life is Jesus, because my life is my kingdom. That's And that is why our prayers are always done through Christ. If you notice, no? all yes. our prayers yeah, is always done through Christ. He is the key. Okay, so with this, maybe we can end our sharing, uh, praying together the responsorial song. Lord, Lord, your love is eternal. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all my heart, for you have heard the words of my mouth. In the presence of the angels, I will sing your praise. 
I will worship at your holy temple. I will give thanks to your name because of your kindness and your truth. When I call, you answer me. You build up strength within me. The Lord is exalted, yet the Lord is peace, and the proud he knows from afar. Your kindness, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of your hands. Lord, your love is eternal. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Lord, be with you. And with your spirit. Mighty and merciful God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.